0: Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Dunleavy as Steve Mitchell.
1: Steve, I'm sending you to Switzerland on the next plane. Switzerland? What's the matter? You're watch busted? No. We're up against a case of international blackmail. Ruth, how about Steve's plane ticket?
2: Ready
3: and waiting, Commissioner. Good. i check on his passport and
1: credentials. Thanks,
2: Ruth. Now, what's all this
1: about international blackmail? Well, as you know, the popular leader of a central European country died last week. Yeah. We've taken an active interest in the affairs of that country.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: We've sent them food and money and done everything we can to help them establish a democracy. We've made a heavy investment in democracy. And now we've got to protect our investment. I still don't get with the blackmail. This leader had finally succeeded in uniting his country behind him. He became a symbol of democracy in their minds. But there are interests who realize if they can discredit this man, that unity will collapse. And that country will then be an easy target for anti-democratic propaganda. I see. But how can they discredit the man? He's dead. We have just received information before he died. He signed a confession revealing his intention to sell out his country. We happen to know. That confession was obtained by force.
2: Oh, well, well, why hasn't it been
1: published? He had many friends, and one of them stole the confession before it could be put to use. Then hmm. you want me to contact this man? No, he was killed. A man named Baumgart uh, contacted us this morning. He owns the Jungfrau Inn, the Swiss Alps, near Interlaken. He says he knows that the blackmailer is willing to sell this letter... To the highest bidder.
2: Yeah, and those bidders will probably have the ante up pretty high by now. Okay, how much am I authorized
1: to bid for it? Nothing. What? You know we don't bargain with blackmailers. But look, Commissioner. Get that document. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment? Good luck.
0: National Broadcasting Company is proud to present Dangerous Assignments, starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful, two-fisted government agent. At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you will find Steve Mitchell on another Dangerous Assignment.
2: Yeah. That's my assignment. Go to Switzerland, contact Baumgartner and find who has a document hot enough to start a revolution in Central Europe. Then somehow, get that document. The other team will be bidding plenty of cold cash for it. I guess I'm supposed to use box stops or just bet my baby blue eyes at somebody. Well, I get to Interlaken on Monday. I'm met by a character named Rudy. Shortly thereafter, we're winding our way up the Alps in a horse-drawn sleigh. You know, Rudy, this Jungfrau Inn is about as easy to get to as the monastery in Tibet. But here we are here, Mitchell. Oh, Oh there. What? <laughs> look, I don't see the inn anywhere. Whoa, don't tell me it's down in the bottom of this gorge.
3: No, look across the gorge. Huh? There it is on the other side.
2: Hmm. Come along. Oh, well, look, I don't have wings. I still don't see how we're going. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Don't tell me we're supposed to ride in that contraption across this gorge. Yeah, the cable car. Come. <laughs> you call that a cable car? Looks more like an oversized coal bucket to me. It is the quickest
3: way to the Jungfrau Inn. To go around the edge of this chasm by trail takes two hours, but by cable car it is only a few minutes. <sighs> Hey,
2: you know, it isn't exactly warm up here.
3: Oh, but this is mild to a former ski trooper.
2: Oh, army, huh?
3: Yeah, almost seven years. Now I will hold the cable car steady while you get in.
1: Yeah.
2: Hey, that sure looks like a long way down. You sure you've been checked out on this gadget? Checked out? This cable car, you know how to operate it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is very
3: simple. You see, this button starts the motor. So, now this lever, to go forward, we pull it back. And to go back, we push it forward. You know, that sounds real logical. We go forward.
4: So. Hey,
2: that bank sure drops away in a hurry.
3: Yeah. How deep is this gully, anyway? I'm glad you asked that question, Herr Mitchell. What? We'll let you find out for yourself how deep it is.
2: Hey, what's the big... Uh Uh-oh.
3: We know why you're in
2: Switzerland, Mitchell.
3: We cannot pay as much as uncle moneybags. Therefore, we stop you before you arrive. Now, over the side.
2: You mean jump just like that?
3: I will help you with a bullet if
2: you prefer. Now, look, Rudy, why don't you play it smart? Take the money I brought and... And
3: while I'm close, give you the opportunity to grab this gun? No, Uh Herr Mitchell... We are trained to
2: omit foolish mistakes. Look, uh, you said you were an army man.
3: It will not help you to stall.
2: I also remember from my midshipman days that military habits are hard to break. I do not understand. Simply this. Acton! You, you tricked me! Thanks for snapping to attention. Now drop this gun or I'll break your arm.
3: Ah! It went over the side, Mitchell. Yeah. Now it is man to man. Look, you made your pitch and you failed. Now let's leave it there. I was sent to kill you. I shall push you out. Look, Buster, I'm giving you an out. Now take it. One of us is going over the side. Not me, Buster. No,
4: no, Mitchell. Grab me. I'm slipping. Ah!
2: Center. Yeah, you uh, would like a drink? Yeah, I could use one right now. Scotch. Yeah. Is the owner of this inn around anywhere? Here you are. Yeah, have ba- Baumgartner. Uh,
5: see over at the corner table. Okay. Thank
2: you. so sorry.
5: Oh, it was my fault. Did I hurt you? Not at all.
2: I spilled your drink.
5: Oh, that's all right. I wasn't looking where I was going. Well, let
2: me buy you another one. No,
5: thank you. But thank No, you. really. Uh, I tell you, I will take, uh, what do you call it? A uh, rain check? Yeah,
2: a rain check. Okay, that's a date. See you later. Good evening. Is your name Baumgartner? Yeah. I'd like to talk to you. Please, sit down. But uh, let us not talk until the music's over. Look, I want to talk now. My name's Mitchell, Steve Mitchell. Are you surprised to see me? But of course not, Herr Mitchell. I've been expecting you. Yeah? Well, I wasn't a very cordial welcome your stooge tried to give me in that cable car.
6: What? Please, Herr Mitchell, I'm very fond of this music. It's the very bust, you know. Uh, the Moser-Boom. The what? The Moser-Boom. Oh, the moser boys. Is it not good to
2: listen to? Yeah, yeah, great. But right now, I've got more in my mind than yodeling. We're going to have a talk, so quit stalling.
6: Uh,
2: well, very well. Come, we'll go into the back home. Okay. Just one thing, though. Yeah? Have you got another ape waiting for me in there? Ape? <laughs> but I do not understand. Oh, well, never mind. Come on. After you, Herr Mitchell. Okay.
6: Here, let's sit down. Now,
2: what is all this uh, suspicion of me? You sent a strong arm named Rudy to pick me up and polish me off.
6: Herr Mitchell, why should I want to, as you say, polish you off? I want to do business with you.
2: Then where did this Rudy come from?
6: The man I sent to bring you here was named Otto. This Rudy was undoubtedly working for one of the people who are bidding for the document we're both concerned with.
2: Well, maybe. Look, speaking of that document... Our information is that you know who has it and are willing to act as a go-between. Your information is accurate, Herr Mitchell. Do you uh, know the document is still in existence? I've seen it. It's now in a safe
6: deposit box in Bern. But that doesn't matter, any of it. The point is, you will do business directly with me. I'm representing the owner of the document. Now, I've already been approached by two different bidders. I'm sure the United States will pay more than either of them. Uh, How much are you prepared to
2: offer, Herr Mitchell? Not one cent, Baumgartner.
6: (laughs) You know, it's good to see a man with a sense of humor, even at a time like this. (laughs) But uh, let's be serious. I am serious. Herr Mitchell, do not try my patience. I've been instructed to sell that document for the equivalent of $100,000. If not to you, then to others.
2: Look... You know that piece of paper could do a certain country a lot of harm if it fell into the wrong hands.
6: It will do you no good to come here with your Boy Scout talk. I am not interested in the harm the document can do to anyone else. I am interested in the good it can do me. And its owner, of course. You're wasting my time, Herr Mitchell. I could be listening to the music. Look, Baumgartner... There is no use prolonging this silly conversation. Unless you make a definite offer, you leave me no recourse but to sell to the highest bidder.
2: I wouldn't want you to do that. Well, maybe I can raise some money and get in on the bidding.
6: No, oh, this attitude I like better. However, I shall accept the highest bid that I've had. I will deliver the keys to the document safe deposit box tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. You have until then. If you bring a better offer, the key is yours. Otherwise... Yeah, yeah,
2: I get it. Well, then I'd better get back to interlocking right away.
6: I will send my bartender with you to see that you arrive safely. I do not want anything to happen to you, Mitchell,
2: because I believe that your bid will
6: be the highest.
2: You make this contraption move a little faster, Fritz. It's like a deep freezer with a fan turned on. (laughs) We are almost to the end of the line.
7: Indeed, you are, my friend.
2: Hey, who's that over there on the bank? I don't know him. Well, just to be safe, put this thing in reverse.
7: Oh, it will not go into reverse. We hit to them.
1: He he is right. It is jammed. Oh, great.
7: (laughs) And now, as you said, you are indeed at the end of the line, Mitchell. Who are you? Oh, my name is Gaylock. Uh, would you and your companion kindly step out, please? What do you want? Hans?
2: Yeah. Drag him out. Yeah. Hey, look. Gun or no gun, get this big ape away from me. Come. Okay, buster. Oh,
7: Mitchell, I am so oh, sorry that you did that. It, it shows that just because I am a, a little man, you are not impressed by me. Oh, dear. It is always this way. I am such a mild little man, so no one is impressed. And therefore, I must make people impressed.
2: Well, never mind the lecture. Where is this leading?
7: Mitchell, tonight you killed one of my men. Oh, Rudy, the guy in the bucket? The same. And now... <laughs> An eye for an eye. Hans.
2: Yeah? Shoot the little one. Wait a minute. You can't kill Fritz in cold blood for something he had nothing to do with.
7: Oh, Mitchell, you are not impressed. Oh, dear. Hans. Wait.
2: No! Good Lord. What kind of a man are you? Uh,
7: The kind of man who will kill you, Mitchell, if you do not give me the document. Gerlach, I don't have it. You came to buy it. You saw Baumgartner, and so it follows that you have the document. Now, please, Mr. Mitchell, take pity on me. It's quite cold up here. I would much rather be in front of a warm fire. I am sure that your conscience would
2: bother you if you made me catch cold. Yeah, I'd hate myself in the morning, I suppose. Look. I don't have it, and I don't know where it is.
8: Oh, dear.
2: Very well, Hans. Proceed. Hey, look, if you think I'm going to hold still while this jughead works over me. Hans.
4: Yeah.
7: Again, Hans. Only this time, use the butt of your rifle. Yeah. Listen, you big gorilla. I'll... Oh, that's lovely. Now, Hans, you may kick him. Again. That's enough to soften him up. Any more would be cool. Roll the bartender's body into the gorge, and then we shall take Mitchell to my house in Interlaken. Mm -hmm. Welcome back, uh, Mitchell. (laughs)
2: Oh, my ribs feel like a football field. Yes, of course. You can thank Hans for that. Yeah, but I have more for you. No hurry, I can wait.
7: Uh, and now, Mitchell, we resume our negotiations. Uh, like I told you, I don't have it. Yes, we know that. We searched you, but you do know its whereabouts. Hmm? Hans, uh, perhaps a hemlock. Yeah.
2: Hey, hey, cut it out! <laughs> it isn't going to do you any
7: good, Sherlock. <laughs> oh, that's assured. It will not do you any good either, Mitchell. A little more pressure, You've
2: huh? got my thumb
7: practically up to my ear. Just a little more.
2: Uh, wait. Ah,
7: at last Hans releases. Out.
2: Oh, that's better. Look, I I'm kind of groggy. I could do with some fresh air. Oh, but of course, Mitchell. Poor man,
7: you have been through a great deal. Uh, open the window and get your fresh air. And then we shall talk.
2: I stumbled over to the window. I was in a hole, but good. These kids were playing for keeps. Something moved in the street. There was a girl leaning out of a car window. It looked like the girl i bumped into up at the Jungfrau Inn. She waved again, and I got the message, but quick. I slumped over against the window like I was passing out.
4: Hans, help him.
2: I heard Hans coming up behind me. I swung my fist around hard. Connect it connected with his stomach. He bounced back into Gerlach. The two of them went down. I dove out the window. Hans,
5: trigger after him! Over here! Hurry! Yeah. Quick, get into the car.
2: Okay. Give her the gas.
5: I will turn at the first corner. I think we can shake them off.
2: Hey, look. You're the girl I bumped into up at the Jungfrau Inn. That's
5: right.
2: Well, not that I wasn't glad to see you just now, but what were you doing parked in front of Gerlach's place?
5: I came down in the cable car just ahead of you. I saw what happened to you, so I followed you.
2: I'm sure glad you did, uh, uh, Miss.
5: Lisa. Lisa Strauss.
2: Lisa. I'm Steve Mitchell. Where are we going?
5: I think we've lost them by now. You are bleeding, Mr. Mitchell. I will take you to my apartment. I can bandage your cuts there.
2: Thanks. Anywhere's all right with me, as long as it's where that character Gerlock isn't.
5: Are you feeling any better now, Steve?
2: Only about a thousand percent. Hey, remind me to take first aid lessons from you sometime, Lisa. <laughs>
5: How about a drink, Steve?
2: <laughs> you think of everything, don't you?
5: But when we bumped into each other at the inn, you promised me a rain check, remember? Here you are.
2: Thanks. Well, happy rain check.
5: You know, it is very fitting, this rain check. What do you mean? Because for you, it is going to start raining. Right now. Huh? Don't move, Steve, or hey. I will shoot.
2: <laughs> you too, Lisa.
5: Yes, Steve. I'm sorry. Why? I could like you very much.
2: Then, honey, Do let's... not
5: edge toward me, Steve. I have shot men before. But never one I liked so well.
2: So soon. Look, Lisa. Let's put up that gun and concentrate on getting acquainted.
5: Oh, no. No. It would be fun, but uh, this is important to my country.
2: Where do you come in?
5: Gerlach did not get the document from you. Therefore, you did not have it.
2: Well, that's what I tried to tell him. I'm glad you're smart enough to know it.
5: I am also smart enough to know that you must be killed. Why? Because you can bid more than I am prepared to offer. Would
2: you mind telling me who's going to do
5: this little job for you? For me? Mm. No one. I will do it myself.
2: He... You know, I believe you would.
5: Not would, Steve. Will. Obviously, I cannot do it in here in my apartment.
2: Well, that's a relief.
5: We will go for a little drive. Just the two of us. Now, wait a minute. Come on. Move. (laughs) Move. Both hands on the steering wheel, Steve.
2: Don't worry. With that blue steel tickling my ribs, I'll behave. Where are we going?
5: Out of the city a little way. Look, what
2: good's it going to do you to kill me?
5: I don't like competition, Steve. I know you are determined to get that letter, but I am more determined than you are. Steve, Steve, watch out. You're heading for that parked car in front of us. So I see. Slow down, Steve. Oh, I know. You will hit it.
2: Yeah, that's the point. I'm sorry to jolt you, baby.
5: Let go of my wrist.
2: Let go of the gun.
5: And if I do not?
2: I've never broken a woman's wrist before, but I guess there's always a first time.
5: You would not do it. Oh, wouldn't I? I... That's better. You, you, You surprised me, Steve. You're not as soft as I thought. Well, what will you do now? Turn me over to the police?
2: Well, maybe I should. After all, you were trying to kill me, but I also remember you saved my life an hour ago. No, please, I'm not going to turn you over to the police.
5: <laughs> you are a strange man, Steve. In turning me loose, you are making the biggest mistake of your life. Maybe. Well, time will
2: tell. I'll be seeing you, Lisa. Well about now. I'm ready to toss in the sponge. It's only a matter of time until Baumgartner contacts Gerlock or Lisa and the highest bidder will be waiting at 10 o'clock to claim the key to the safety deposit box and burn. I had no money to offer and I couldn't scare Baumgartner into giving me the document. Baumgartner was more afraid of Gerlock and Lisa than he was of me. Then a crazy idea hit me. It might work. Fear does talk louder than money. And maybe Gerlach and Lisa could do a little bit of work for me without knowing it. That night, I timed my arrival at the Jungfrau Inn. It's nine as I open the front door.
6: Ah, good evening, Herr Mitchell.
2: Hello, Baumgartner. I see their Moser BBs are still being it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
6: such music. Oh, it's a delight to my soul. But I'm glad to see you back tonight, Herr Mitchell. It indicates you've changed your mind about that document. Now,
2: how much are you prepared to bid for it? Baumgartner, you told me you're just acting as a go-between in this deal, but I've got a pretty strong hunch that there is no other man. I think you've got the document and dreamed up this story about being just a go-between to protect yourself. I do not understand the purpose of these remarks. No purpose, really. All right, then let's get down to business. How much are you prepared to bid? You misunderstand, Baumgartner. I just came up here to tell you goodbye. Herr Mitchell,
6: sometimes I find your sense of humor very annoying. It's no joke. My
2: train leaves for Bern in about two hours. You are serious? Yep. So long. But I do not understand the key. I think you will understand before long. Goodbye. But,
5: but, uh, Herr Mitchell.
2: Well, hello, Lisa.
5: Hello, Steve.
2: You must like this inn.
5: It'll say rather that I like you.
2: Yeah, sure. You proved that the last time we were together.
5: I'm afraid you were a little too clever for me then.
2: (laughs) Well, it doesn't matter anymore, Lisa. What do you mean? I'm taking my key, and I'm leaving on the train to Bern in a couple of hours.
5: Key? Leaving? You admit defeat, then.
2: I didn't say that. I just said I was leaving. Well, so long, Lisa. It was nice while it lasted, and I'm glad it didn't last a minute longer. But
5: wait. I do not understand. If, well, if you are leaving, that means that bomb got It me. just
2: means I'm leaving. So long, Lisa. Oh, Lisa. Oh, looking for me, Hans? Here I am. That's one I owe you. Here's another. And here's one for Gerlach. Give him a message for me, Hans. Tell him I've got the key. Tell him it's too late. I'm leaving on the train to burn. Don't forget.
3: Here's your compartment, sir. Number
2: five. Thanks, Conductor. When do we arrive in Bern? Oh, late tonight. A little stuffy in here. Oh, open the window if you like. Right. See you later. Richard.
4: Well,
2: hello, Baumgartner. Mitchell, what have you done to me? I don't know what you mean. But
6: you must. Shortly after you left, Gerlach, he came to the inn and tried to kill me.
2: Well, maybe he doesn't like
6: you. Mitchell, this is serious. I escaped out the back door, but he followed me here. He's on the train.
2: What about the girl?
6: She saw it all. She, too, is here. What did you tell them?
2: Well, have a seat and I'll explain it. There isn't much time. They're searching the compartments. Well, then I'd better talk fast. Yesterday, you called the highest bidder and told him that he or she could claim the key to the safe deposit box at 10 o'clock tonight. Yeah, yeah, all this I know. I had to know who was the highest bidder. Tonight, when I told Lisa I was leaving with the key, it meant nothing to her. That left Gerlock. Oh, this too, I know. When I left early mentioning the key, they both thought you had sold the document to me. So, that's why Gerlach tried to kill me. That's right. When Lisa learned about that, she smelled the double-cross and started on her own. But
6: I didn't double-cross the...
2: You know that. Well, in that case, you have nothing to worry about. When they find you, if you have time before they shoot you, just tell them the truth and...
6: You must tell them. You are the only one who can save my life.
2: Why don't you go to the police?
6: You know I cannot ask their protection in this matter.
2: Well, then, you'd better make a deal with me. Now, you got that key to the safety box or deposit box on you? But of course. Well, give it to me. I'll tell Gerlach... And the girl, that you don't have it.
6: But and... I'll get nothing, no money, nothing. Well,
2: the other way, you'll wind up dead, still with nothing. Come on, make up your mind, yes or no. Oh, but it's unfair. Someone it's... coming down the corridor. It's
6: it's a woman's steps.
2: It's probably, Lisa. What's it going to be, Baumgartner?
6: I, I, oh, all right. Anything, here.
5: Here's the key.
2: Thanks. Now get over there behind the door. <laughs> Keep yourself you behind the... You will both
5: stay where you are. I, uh...
2: Hello, Lisa. <laughs> Looks like you've got quite a collection of guns.
5: Yes, but soon it will be a collection of keys. Baumgartner, you will be first. No! You no. promised to sell that document to me. Instead, you sold it to Steve Mitchell.
2: No, it's not true. N- Mitchell, tell her. Yeah, maybe I had better explain. You see, Lisa. Save wh- your
7: explanations for me, Mitchell. Gerlach. Grab the gun, Lisa.
5: No. Bit. No.
2: Drop it? No. Grab it, Lisa. He means business.
5: So do I.
2: <laughs> Why, you. Mitchell, let go of me. I... You bet.
6: Ah. You knocked him out, Mitchell.
2: Yeah, but not in time to save Lisa, though.
6: But in time to save
2: me. What? Yeah. Baumgartner. Ah,
6: I have Gerlach's gun now, Mitchell.
8: Give me back that key.
2: I guess I should have known I couldn't trust you. Take that key out of your pocket and give it to me at once. Well, okay, Baumgartner. Here's the key.
6: Catch. Mitchell,
2: you threw that key out the window. Yeah. On purpose. On purpose.
6: I'll pull the emergency stop.
2: Hey. Hey, where are you going?
6: I'm going after that key.
3: And I'll get it.
6: Right. Happy hunting.
2: Who pulled the emergency stop? The, who guy, did it? the guy who just jumped off the train, conductor. Wait. His body's on the floor. Then it was a shot, I heard. Yeah. The unconscious guy's name is Gerlach. He killed the girl there. But... I do not understand.
3: You say a man jumped off the train. Why?
2: He's looking for a key in the snow out there somewhere.
4: A key?
2: Yeah. I threw it out the window. You know, I give a lot to see his face when he finds it. Why? It's the key to my apartment back in the States. But is the key that valuable? Well, it's not half as valuable as the one I've still got in my pocket. Now, well, come on, conductor. Let's get this train moving again. I've got a date and burn. Oh. Oh, no. This date is with a safe deposit box. Thank you.
0: Heard another episode in the exciting new adventure series Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Dangerous Assignment is written by Bob Reif with music by Bruce Ashley and was directed tonight by Max Hutto. Be with us again next week at this time when Brian Donlevy, starring in the role of Steve Mitchell, will embark on another Dangerous Assignment. Be sure to hear Elizabeth Taylor on Cavalcade of America, tomorrow on NBC. Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell.
1: morning, Commissioner. morning, Steve. How was the flight back from Switzerland? Smooth as silk. Just got in. Glad you liked it, because you're taking the next plane for Cairo. Cairo? You mean today? <laughs> Look, I don't even have a clean shirt left. You can dunk it in the Nile when you get there. Oh, Rose. Yes, Commissioner. How are you doing on Steve's plane ticket? I was
4: able to get him space on the next plane. Takes off
2: in an hour. Good. Oh, great. I haven't had a date for a week, and now you want to fix me up with a mummy. Steve... Remember Sheik Haroon? Sure, he's an old friend of mine.
1: He should be. What do you mean? About five
2: years ago, I taught him to play poker and he cleaned me.
1: (laughs) Well, as you know, the Sheik controls a territory on the edge of the Sahara. He has a walled city there.
2: Yeah, I was there once. Quite a joint.
1: Uh, We think there's uranium ore in
2: his territory. You don't think the Sheik's making himself an A-bomb, do you?
1: No, but we do know that six months ago, we concluded an agreement permitting representatives of several countries to explore and develop the area. That agreement expires next Wednesday. And the sheik has suddenly refused to renew it or even see our representatives. Yeah, sounds like
2: someone up the ante, huh?
1: Yes. Apparently, these other interests have the inside track with him right now. We want you to change all that.
2: Oh, great. Sounds like a cinch.
1: Where is the sheik now, in his walled city? No. According to our information, he's staying on his houseboat in the Nile at Cairo right now. Steve, get to the sheik. What you say to him is up to you, but it's vital that our agreement with him be renewed. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment, Steve? Yeah, yeah, I know. Good luck.
0: podcasting company is proud to present dangerous assignment starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell colorful two-fisted government agent at all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand there you will find Steve Mitchell on another dangerous assignment
2: yeah this assignment's really essential all I have to do is stick my nose into a hornet's nest of more power politics and change the whole course of events just by reminding the leader of 30,000 fanatical tribesmen that he and I used to be pals. So I slip a copy of How to Win Friends and Influence People into my suitcase and head for Cairo. It's Friday when I get there. I check in at the Delta Hotel, and then I head for the Sheikh's houseboat on the Nile.
3: Stop where you are, Effendi. Huh? You cannot come aboard this boat.
2: Who are you? One of the sheikh's guards. Look, tell the sheik that Steve Mitchell is here.
3: The sheik will see no one.
2: Who's that guy up on the deck? That is Ahmed, the sheik's confidential
3: secretary. Look, Ahmed, I... I have... warn you, do not set foot on this boat, or it will be the air guard's unpleasant duty to shoot you.
9: Guards, guards! Oh, good afternoon, Mikan. Has the sheik changed his mind about seeing me? No, I'm afraid not, Mikan. But truly, he will see me.
3: I am sorry, but I have my orders. The sheik will see no
9: one. Now,
2: please leave. Both of you at once. Very well. Okay, but I'll be back.
3: I would not advise it, Effendi.
2: Well, looks like you didn't have any better luck than I did. Uh, say, your face seems familiar.
9: I am Mikan. I was once the chief's trusted lieutenant. I
2: thought I recognized you. I'm Steve Mitchell. Steve Mitchell, of course. It has been a long time. Yeah. Hey, uh, what's going on, anyway? I wish I knew Mitchell. Up until
9: last week, I enjoyed the Sheik's complete confidence. But suddenly, everything has changed.
2: Shake up in the tribe, huh? Now he will not even see me. Something must have turned him against me. Something or someone. I must have turned him against just about everybody. How about that secretary, Ahmed? I have been wondering about him. He's been
9: acting strangely the last few days. I've asked him several times to get me an audience with the
2: Sheik, but... He seems very evasive. I wonder if somebody's paying him to be evasive. I do not know. Look, you know the lay of the land around here a lot better than I do. Maybe you can help me. I would be glad to if I thought I could, but it is very
9: discouraging. Yeah, but somehow I've got to see the Sheik. Very well, Mitchell. I will try to help you. Meet me at the Sphinx Club at eight tonight. Perhaps
2: I will have thought of a plan by then. (laughs) I get back to my hotel just in time to see a figure that looks like Ahmed scooting through the lobby. In my room, there's a bowl of fruit on the table with a note, compliments of the management. I pick out an apple and start for the window, thinking about the whole deal. Then, suddenly, I quit thinking and start listening. A sound is pecking away at my ears. A faint sound, but it keeps up, then it registers. I whirl around. It's coming from across the room, the table, the bowl of fruit. I grab the bowl, run to the window, open it, and then I heave it out in the garden below. Cushion knocks me back. I can hear a couple of windows breaking. I run downstairs to the lobby. The clerk is waving his hands in the air.
3: What happened? That explosion. That
2: explosion was meant for me. A little thin-faced man scooted out of here a minute ago.
3: Yes, he took a taxi.
2: Is this hotel the driver's regular stand?
3: Why, yes, it is.
2: Look, I've got to meet a guy at the Sphinx Club in a few minutes. When that cab driver returns, send him over
4: there. (laughs)
3: Sphinx Club, sir. You are just in time for the entertainment.
2: I am looking for a guy named Mikan. Ladies
3: and gentlemen. Mitchell,
2: over here. Hello, Mikan. Please sit down. Thanks. I almost didn't make it tonight. Looks like Ahmed planted a bomb in my room. What? What, Mitchell did... Look, you found out anything yet? Only that the
9: sheik is no longer on his houseboat. That doesn't do us much good, huh? Hey, uh, who's that guy out there talking about Hollywood? His name is Eddie Martelli, a very clever entertainer. Listen to him. I think you will find him amusing.
2: I'd like to give you my humble impression of a few American movie stars, so let's see if you can recognize him. Now, uh, can I have your attention, please? All of you at the back of the
3: room there? All right. Now, how about this impression?
7: Now, listen, baby. I don't want to have any trouble with you. We do it my way or we don't do it at all.
4: (laughs) <laughs> oh, hey, he's really not bad. Soft, he seems yeah. to be very popular yeah, yeah, here. Right. L- let's
2: try this one now. Yeah.
7: Now see here, you can't talk like that to a man of the old side,
2: You know, I won't stand for it. Do you hear? I won't stand for it.
4: Body more cents,
8: Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah.
8: Oh, you are
5: really boxy's tonight. <laughs>
3: All right, here's here's one more. All right, try to catch this one now. If I were king, I love, if I were king, what
8: treasures I would bring.
4: Van Johnson! Van Johnson!
2: Oh, who, who, who was it? Who was it said Van
8: Johnson? All right, waiter,
2: t- t- take that man and his table and put him on the Nile,
8: will you?
4: Well, well I, I think that's
3: about all for Now, thank you, thank you very much. I'll be back for the midnight show with more of them, and I'll see you later.
4: Bye. Well,
2: looks like he's heading for our table. Hi, chum. You know, I can spot an American a mile away, and I always have to stop and say hello, hello, hello. <laughs> have a seat. Thanks. Eddie Martell's name. Steve Mitchell. This is Mick Hi.
9: Allow me to compliment you on your act, Mr. Martell.
2: Yeah, it's pretty good. Ah, it's just a knack. If you got it, you can impersonate almost anybody. Now, uh, take you, for instance, Mr. Mitchell. I haven't heard much of your voice, but... Uh, I think this might sound something like it, huh? Is that close? Not bad. Mitchell Effendi,
3: Steve Mitchell. Over here. There is a telephone
2: call for you. For me? Are you sure?
3: Yes, sir. If you'll come with me. Okay.
2: Excuse me, I'll be back in a minute. Yeah, sure. Of course. Where is the phone?
3: In the back room. Mitchell Effendi, a cab driver came in here a minute ago. He said you wanted to see him.
2: Oh, yeah, I do.
3: Ah, here we are. There is the phone over on the table. I will send the cab driver back when you are through with your call.
2: Okay, thanks. Hello?
7: Good evening, Steve Mitchell.
2: Sheik Haroon. Hey, where are you? Here in Cairo. Look, I've been trying to see... I know.
3: I have been kept informed as to your movements.
2: That mining agreement, expires. I am well
3: aware of that. But I have no intention of renewing it. I intend to make other...
2: Look, won't you at least let me talk to you about it? It will
3: do no good, Mitchell. And let me advise you for the last time to let the matter drop. If you do not, if you persist in interfering, then I cannot be responsible for the consequences.
2: Look, forget that I once saved your life. Just remember, I taught you to play poker. Now at least you owe me a chance to play. Goodbye, Mitchell.
3: Later tonight, I'm returning to my walled city.
2: Wait a minute. Oh, great. Mr. Mitchell, sir? Huh? Oh, uh, are you the cab driver? Yes, sir. The hotel clerk said you wished to see me. Yeah. You picked up a little thin faced guy named Ahmed in front of the hotel about an hour ago. Where'd you take him?
3: I have written the address on this piece of paper, sir.
2: Oh, thanks. Here, uh, this is for your trouble.
3: Thank
9: you, yeah, sir.
4: After
2: I Thank close you. here, Thank I'll be heading for the States again, I guess. I imagine it will seem good to get back
9: home. Oh, Mitchell.
2: Hey, uh, Martell. Huh? How'd you like to make a few extra bucks? you kidding? <laughs> is it honest and who cares? I think I might have a little job for you in a few minutes. Yeah, okay. See you in my dressing room, okay? That's a deal. What is this all about, Mitchell? Look, Mikan, that phone call just now was from the Sheik. What? Where is he? Somewhere in Cairo, but he's leaving for his walled city. That means we've got to act tonight. But I still do not understand what you wish with this Eddie Martel. Look, he's an impersonator. He could imitate my voice on the phone. Imitate your voice? That's right. I want Martel to call Ahmed, make believe he's me, and tell Ahmed I know he planted that bomb and I'm on my way over to settle things with him. But what will that accomplish? Well, I'm going to be right across the street from Ahmed's place when he gets that call. If he's working under the sheik's orders, he'll probably get panicky and run to the sheik. I'll follow him. If he's working for somebody else, he'll probably run there. I'll still follow him. I see. Well, I hope it works.
9: In the meantime, Mitchell, I will continue my efforts to see the sheik. Okay.
2: If you do locate him, tell him I know I'm trying to fill an inside straight, but I think he owes me at least a chance to draw to it. I do not think I understand your message, Mitchell. Maybe not, but I think the Sheik will. Well, I'll see you later, Mikan. So I make the deal with Eddie Martel to call Ahmed at nine. I pay the guy across the street five bucks to let me roost on his roof. It's a good spot. I can look right into Ahmed's room. At five to nine, a girl comes in. She's wearing a red dancing skirt. She and Ahmed seem to be talking about something pretty important. Nine o'clock comes. Nine fifteen. Still no phone call. I wait until nine thirty, and by then I'm sure something has gone wrong with my plan. I go back to the Sphinx Club and head for Eddie Martell's dressing room. There's a man standing in front of the door. What do you want? I want to see Eddie Martell. Why? Who are you? Steve Mitchell. Now, look, if it's okay with you, I want to see Eddie Martell. Is he in the dressing room? Yes.
8: And it is quite all right with me if you wish to see him, Mr. Mitchell.
2: There he is.
8: Oh, brother. Not a very pretty sight, is it?
2: Well, I guess he won't be impersonating anybody from now on.
8: Now, please tell me why you wish to see Eddie Martell. What is it to you? Oh, allow me. I am Lieutenant Abura of the Cairo Police.
2: Well, Lieutenant, as long as we're laying credentials on the table, here are mine.
8: I see. Why are you in Cairo, Mr.
2: Mitchell? I've been trying to see Sheik Haroon. You think the Sheik is involved in this killing? It looks like it. His boy Ahmed planted a bomb in my room. I see. Uh, Mitchell, you are aware of Sheik Harun's power. Are you prepared to
8: confront him with an accusation?
2: No, I'm just trying to confront him, period. Period.
8: Without more evidence, I, I cannot help you.
2: All right. I think I know where I can get the evidence. The hard way. The Sheik's secretary, Ahmed. Come, then. Let us pay him a visit. All right. Really hot tonight, Lieutenant. Yes,
8: and the air is quite still. These weather conditions usually signify the start of the
2: come scene. Come scene? What's that? A blinding sandstorm from the Sahara. Oh, fine. That's about all I need right now a nice sandstorm. Well, here we are. This is Ahmed's rooming house. His room is right here in front. Uh,
8: Mitchell, yeah? we will enter without knocking. I suggest you be prepared for anything.
2: Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. Look. There on the floor. Yes. This is Ahmed. It was Ahmed before he collected that slug. Well, Lieutenant, now do we see the Sheik? Yes. Where is he? Somewhere in Cairo. Mikon may be able to help us. Mikon? Yeah, he was the Sheik's second in command. He's checking some places the Sheik might be here in town. Hey, wait a minute. There's one other. Who is that? The dancing girl in the red skirt who came to see Ahmed while I was watching his room. I've got to find her. Uh, Mitchell, uh, do you realize
8: how many dancing girls there are in Cairo? Uh,
2: sure. it be like trying to find one tree in a forest, I suppose. But that's all I've got to go on right now. Oh, I'll check with you later, Lieutenant. For the next three hours, I cover every cafe, bar, and dive I can find... I see a lot of dancing girls, all shapes and sizes, quite a few are wearing red skirts, but none of them's the one I'm looking for. The sandstorm has started by now, and it's really a beaut. Ah, fine, I give up and head back to my hotel room. I open the door, and there's the person I'd just been turning, Cairo, upside down, to find the girl in the red dancing skirt. The gun looked very businesslike, but she was trembling.
8: Close the door, Mitchell.
2: Okay. So, I'm next. First Ahmed, now me.
5: I was Ahmed's sweetheart.
2: You took a pretty funny way of showing it.
5: I did not kill Ahmed. You did.
2: I'd. Hey, look. This is a neat cover up, if it works. I saw you go to his room a little earlier this evening.
5: He was alive when I left.
2: What makes you think I killed him?
5: I knew he was trying to see you.
2: I thought he was trying not to see me. That's why he planted that bomb in my room.
5: Ahmed did not put any bomb in your room. He wanted to tell you that the sheik was gone.
2: The sheik is gone? But what did he... Hold it. What? The picture on the wall behind you is moving. Hey, a gun barrel. Get down! The slugs tear into the rug beside us. I dive out into the hall and head for the next room. The door is locked. By the time I batter it down, the room's empty. I hear someone pounding down the fire escape. I stick my head out the window and the wind promptly blows a cupful of sand in each eye. Can't even open them for a minute, let alone see who the sniper is. I go back to my own room. The girl is gone. Oh, now I'm right back where I started from with a handful of nothing. I call Lieutenant Abura. He and his boys give the room next door a thorough going over. I'm waiting for him in his office when he finishes.
8: Mitchell, I thought you said the sheep was a friend of yours.
2: I did. Why?
8: We went over the hotel room next to yours very thoroughly. The one from which you were shot at. Mm Mm-hmm. There were several cigarette butts and a half-empty glass of water.
2: So the sniper had been waiting there for me. (laughs) Well, what's that got to do with the sheik?
8: The fingerprints
2: on that glass were his. What? Are you sure?
8: Of course I am sure. Several years ago, during a political uprising, the sheik was a guest of ours, uh, temporarily. We got his fingerprints then. They matched the ones on the glass.
2: Mm. Well, after this, I'll pick my friends more carefully. Uh, Mitchell...
8: I will tell you frankly, I, I do not know quite what to do about this. Even though the sheik's fingerprints are on that glass, it would be a very delicate and dangerous thing to go out to his walled city and uh, formally accuse him of an attempt on your life. His tribesmen are fanatically loyal to him. So, excuse yeah. me. sir. Sure. Uh, Lieutenant is speaking. Hmm. What? Oh, j- just a minute. It is for you, Mitchell. Oh. Hello.
9: Khan, Mitchell. I have been trying to get in touch with you. Yeah? They told me at your hotel that you were at police headquarters. Anything new? I covered all the places I thought the Sheik might be. About two hours ago, I saw him come out of one of them.
2: Did you get a chance to talk to him?
9: Only as he was getting in his car to return to his city. He would not listen to me. He said your mission was hopeless. Hmm.
2: What did he say when you gave him my message about drawing to an inside straight?
9: Nothing. I'm afraid he did not understand it.
2: I see. Well... Thanks for the try, Mikan. Lieutenant, I just had a thought. Hmm? I know it's a tough proposition to get into that walled city if you're not welcome, but what happens in a sandstorm like this? Why, during the come scene,
8: everyone remains indoors cover. Only a fool would venture out into it. That's what I
2: mean. Let you and me be a couple of fools. Oh, it's Mitchell... How could we get there? Uh, what the jeep, I, I suppose. Could you dig up some goggles? I, yes, I suppose, so, but look... Look, you know, I think I understand now what Ahmed was talking about. It seems like a wild guess, but it's the only answer that makes sense. But to make sure, we're going to have to pay a visit to the sheik in his walled city. <laughs>
8: Yeah. Come on.
2: I hate to think of what this sand would be doing to our eyes if we didn't have these goggles. So do I. Uh, Well, the gate is closed. There's no sentry on
8: duty. Feels you are right about the sandstone, Mitchell. The city may
2: be unguarded. Yeah, come on. Let's find a place to climb this wall. It's too high to jump. About 12 feet.
8: Mitchell, uh, many things about this that I do not understand.
2: Me too. But I think it's beginning to fall into place. Hey, wait. There are a few missing rocks in the wall here. Maybe I can get enough for a handhold. I'll give it a try.
4: Mitchell,
8: be careful. If a guard sees you on the wall, he will shoot instantly.
2: Yeah, I know. Here's a, another hole.
4: Can you reach the top with your hand?
8: Yeah.
2: I got a hold of it now. As soon as I pull myself up, I'll give you a hand. There.
4: Tell him what it's trying, Mitchell. No. Come on, Lieutenant. Climb up a little. And I'll give you a hand. All right. Hey, I've got a hold. Yes. Can you reach my hand? Yes. Here you go. Oh, thank you.
2: Okay. We'll drop down just inside the wall here. I'll go first.
4: Come ahead. Very well.
2: Yeah, this wall shelters us from the wind a little. Yeah. Now look. There's a secret entrance to the sheik's chambers. He showed it to me when I was here five years ago. Where is it? Right around the corner of that building over there, I think. We'll be crossing about 20 feet of open space, but we've got to take a chance. You ready? Yes. Let's go.
4: Mitchell, we have been it.
2: Yeah. Get behind the corner of the building here. Come on. Here we are. Now you press one of these rocks, and it's supposed to open the door.
4: Mitchell, hurry. I've got it inside.
2: Okay, pull the door shut behind you. Uh, I, I cannot see a thing. Turn on your flashlight. Good. Now, up this flight of stairs.
8: Uh, this leads to the
2: Sheik's chambers? Yeah. That God who saw us, he will... We're taking a chance that he doesn't know about that secret entrance. Okay. This door takes us right into the Sheik's room. Now, get ready for anything, Lieutenant. Mitchell, the room is empty. No, I don't think it is. Mikon should be here.
9: You are very clever, Mitchell. M- Stand quite still, both of you.
2: Hello, Mikon. You're a very persistent man, Mitchell. Not quite as persistent as you are, I guess. How did you know? If you'd known anything about poker, I might never have caught on. But when you told me the sheik didn't understand my message about drawing to an inside straight... That does not matter now, all Mitchell. all fell into place after that. But, Mitchell, where is the sheik? I think I know that, too. But he to you at the Sphinx Club. No, that was the impersonator, Eddie Martell. I thought I was going to use them, but Mikan beat me to it. But the Sheik's fingerprints in the hotel room. I guess it wasn't too hard to place a glass with those fingerprints there. Huh, Mikan? We're
9: wasting time. The point is, both of you know too much to live. I. I poor, keep your hands inside. Watch out, Lieutenant. I warned you. No! <gasps>
2: Abora crashes into the table and knocks the lamp to the floor. The room is in darkness now.
9: And now, Mitchell, I have a different fate in store for
2: you. I just have time. I knew about the trap door and the pit full of lime. The Sheik had shown them to me once.
9: So, you escaped the pit, but you cannot get out of this room.
2: Why don't you call for help, Mikan? Or maybe you don't want any of the tribe to know what's in that pit.
9: You are quite right, Mitchell. This is a matter to be settled between the two of us.
2: I start circling in the dark. I know Mekon's across the pit, but he doesn't know which side I'm on. Then a finger of light stabs at him from the floor. Abura was still alive. And it turned on his flashlight. Mikon shoots out the light, but in the second it is on, I'd located him. He is standing on the other side of the pit with his back to it. That's the one direction he isn't expecting me to come from. The pit's about 10 feet across, but I know it's my only chance. I get a running start and dive across the pit at Mikon. Ah, Lost your gun,
9: huh? I do not need it. There's enough strength in my arms.
4: What are you doing?
2: Just a hammerlock, buddy. Now we'll see how you like the pit.
4: No, Mitchell, the pit. No, no, please, Mitchell, do not drop me.
2: Don't worry, Mikon. I've got to hold you by one hand. I want to keep you nice and alive. Do
4: do, do not let go of me. Do, Do not let go.
8: Mitchell. Yeah, Lieutenant. Breaking down the door.
2: Good.
1: Joseph, bring him quickly.
2: It is a guard. Keep him covered for a minute, Lieutenant. Yes. Stand back. of you. What is the matter?
1: Guards. Guards, get me out of here.
2: If he takes one step towards me, I'll drop you, Mikon. No, no, no,
1: no God. Stay where you are. Major, I am slipping. You'll
2: slip more than that if I let go of your arm.
1: Hang on
9: to me.
2: Sure, sure. Just tell these guards what you did with the sheik.
9: No, no, guard, do not listen to him. Pull me out.
2: Okay, Mikan. I'll just let go of you and then... No, 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 no,
9: no, no. Go
3: on, open up, spill it. What is this about the sheik? You told us he was ill, Mikan.
2: Start talking he you'll be right down there with him.
9: I, I, the, the sheik is dead.
2: Dead? Keep talking.
9: I, I, I killed him. What?
2: Okay, guard, help me pull him out. You got all of him? Yes. Here we go.
9: God, God, listen to me! It was not the truth. What I just said, I, I did not. He's be... all yours,
2: guard. And if you'll check the bottom of that pit, I think you'll find what's left of the sheik.
4: No, no. Come, Mika, let me. Go, Joseph, help me with him. Come on, true. I understand How are you
2: doing, lieutenant? Oh, I will be all right. It is a shoulder wound. Good. And you? Oh, I'm okay. Except my right arm feels about three inches longer than my left. <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell. Why did Mikan kill the Sheik? He knew the Sheik was going to renew our mining agreement. But Mikan had sold out to the other interests, so ah. he killed the Sheik.
8: But this business of making it look like the Sheik was still alive.
2: Sure, until after the mining agreement had been signed with the boys who were paying Mikan off. And he could announce that the Sheik had met with an accident, and as second in command, Mikan would take over the tribe. What will happen now? Well, when the Sheik's boys find out that. Mikan killed their leader. In order to change that agreement, I think they could be talked into preserving the status quo. You know, that's funny. What is? Well, you've heard the old saying, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. How do you mean? Well, Mikan knew more about poker than he realized. He knew how to bluff, and that's a large part of the game. But if you're gonna play a game, you better know all about it. Mikan should have known what an inside straight was. I see. Uh, Just what is an inside straight? Huh? You mean you don't know anything about poker either? No, not a thing. Ah, that's very interesting. Come on. You start the school as soon as we get back to Cairo. It may be that I've found me a pigeon. Pigeon? Uh, That's an American term meaning... Well, I think I'll let you find out what it means soon enough. Come on. Very well. Uh, we will play your game, but just one favor. Sure, anything.
8: Dealer's choice, deuces wild, my deck, and no limit.
2: Oh, great! My pigeon has turned into a buzzard. <laughs>
0: just heard another episode in the exciting new adventure series Dangerous Assignment starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Dangerous Assignment is written by Bob Reif with music by Bruce Ashley and is directed by Bill Carn. Be with us again next week at this time when Brian Donlevy starring as Steve Mitchell will embark on another Dangerous Assignment. <laughs> Throughout the week, NBC brings you unparalleled drama in action-packed mystery adventure programs. Tomorrow, hear Big Town with crusading editor Steve Wilson fighting crime and viciousness. On Wednesday, listen to the champion of the people, Mr. District Attorney, in a fast-moving 30 minutes of action drama and big story with a true tale from the front pages of America's newspapers. Richard Widmark is a merchant seaman on Cavalcade. Tomorrow on NBC...